This podcast has language that some people may find offensive. You're listening to Opie and Anthony. On the virus. Serious XM. This is Shock Chocks, the rise and fall of Opie and Anthony. I'm Matt Provenzano. But enough of this palaver. Let's get the show on the road. It's safe to assume this will be a different episode than you're used to. Uh, this will not be a continuation of the Opie and Anthony story. I don't think there's much to continue unless one of them gets murdered or something. I think that story is pretty much done as far as I'm telling it anyway. But uh, I wanted to do this because of Patrice O'Neill. The documentary just came out, Killing is Easy. It's on Comedy Central now. It's on the website. And I just wanted to, I felt inspired to talk about Patrice O'Neill in a very candid way. So this is not scripted. I have notes that I'm following just for my own sake. So this doesn't sound like a jumbled, garbled mess. But um, I'm hoping this could be kind of interesting. And if this is successful, if people like this, maybe I'll do more like this. I don't know yet. Um, because I have a lot to talk about when it comes to the world of Opie and Anthony and, and all those comedians and, you know, Bill Burr and Colin Quinn and Bob Kelly and Louis C.K. I could talk about those guys and the history of Opie and Anthony for hours. And that's why I'm, <laughs> I made the podcast. Um, so first, before we get started, I just want to say thank you all to everyone who's listened. It, it's doing some pretty good numbers and I'm getting a lot of really nice comments and reviews about it. And it means a lot to me because this is a project that I'm really proud of. I put a lot of work into for almost three years. I just wanted to tell Opie and Anthony's story correctly and appropriately. And I hope that I did, and I hope that uh, you guys have enjoyed it. So thank you. If this is the first episode you're listening to, I would suggest going back to episode one and then carrying over through seven and then coming back here. I also want to say that if you like the show and if you've enjoyed Shock Jocks up until now, um, you can support it by subscribing to the YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel. If you're listening to it on there, then great. Welcome. You can follow me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really helps bring the numbers up. And I, I wouldn't really do this shilling for anything else but this because, again, Shock Jocks is really something that I'm, I'm very proud of. So, okay. Patrice O'Neill. Um... When it came to telling the story of Opie and Anthony, I knew that technically, if you wanted to go from their beginning to the end, that it didn't need Patrice O'Neill. The, the story of Opie and Anthony coming together and falling apart the way they did doesn't have much to do with Patrice being on the show. But I needed to show how important Patrice was. I just could not tell the story of Opie and Anthony and not mention Patrice O'Neill. To me, that, that was insane. I mean, he was one-fourth of that show, along with Opie, Anthony, and Jim. Whenever he was on the show, he instantly made it better. And that's why, more than anything, I'm excited and happy that the documentary came out, Killing is Easy, on Comedy Central. Because more people need to know about Patrice O'Neill. Whenever anybody asks me who my favorite comedian is, I always say Patrice O'Neill. And usually people don't know who I'm talking about. And that makes me really sad. So I, I try to tell as many people as I can about Patrice. Even if they're sick of hearing me talk about him, I just need to spread the Patrice gospel. I, to me, it's, it's too important. Um, so I watched the documentary, and I thought it was really, really good. I saw the version on Comedy Central's website, I, which I think is different than uh, the one on TV, on cable. So I recommend everybody go on Comedy Central's website and check it out. Uh, there's like a there's a weird paywall, which I, I don't understand why companies are still doing this. It, it makes before you watch it, it makes you log in with your provider, and if you don't have the thing, then you got to make a, an account, and it's it's really uh, needlessly complicated. So here's a little trick. What I did was that it, it gives you a 24 hour window if you make an account. So I just uh, clicked. Give me the 24-hour window. You put in a bogus email, like ballsmcgee at yahoo.com, and then a whatever password, and that's it. You're in, and you could watch the uh, the documentary for 24 hours, and you never have to worry about that account again because it's not even the real email. So that's what I did. You should do that too, as long as the benefits go to Patrice's family. So yeah, I, I really love the documentary, and what I loved about it was that it wasn't just 
summing up who Patrice was, because there's a lot of that. There's a lot of documentaries on YouTube that were fan-made about Patrice. What they mainly do is just combine a lot of Patrice-isms, him talking on Opie and Anthony show, him doing stand-up, and him describing himself, and it usually paints a pretty okay picture, but there's never anything that's deep. There, there's never anything that I don't know already. Uh, what I appreciated about this documentary was that I learned things about Patrice that I didn't know before. I'm always trying to find more about Patrice. When I'm obsessed with something, I need to know everything about it. So it, that's why I was really thankful for the documentary to hear a lot of new things about him. I didn't know uh, a lot about him and his wife. She told the story about how they got pregnant once, and that was crazy. They brought in his stepdaughter, which I thought was really special to hear her side of it. And they show clips of her at Patrice's funeral, which to me was insane and kind of personal. And I, I felt like I, I shouldn't be watching it. Um, but I appreciated that the family felt comfortable enough to share it. Um, hearing from the mother was really nice. Hearing from Patrice's friends who called him Bruiser. It was just, it was really special to see this finally made and not some fan YouTube thing, but a professional, well-made Comedy Central documentary. Uh, they keep cutting back to a clip of a round table with a bunch of comedians around it. Bill Burr, Rich Voss, Jim Norton, a few others. And to me, if that was the whole documentary, just two hours of them talking, I would have been really happy <laughs> because whenever it cut back to them, I thought whatever they had to say about Patrice was so fascinating because they knew him at a very integral part of not only his upbringing, but all of their coming up as comedians. I'm always interested in the story of them all starting out at the Comedy Cellar, because whenever anybody talks about it on Opie and Anthony or on any other interview, they always refer back to it as some of the best moments they ever had. And to me, it feels like this, this weird uh, dream world that, that I hope to have the, the feeling of one day. Because they would tell stories about how they would go to the comedy cellar and not even work on their comedy. They would just sit in a table and take big shits on each other for, for hours. And they said they would laugh until it hurt and they would cry. And then the comedy cellar, the, like the, the, the people who run the cellar would just kick them out. So they would keep going outside and they would just stand in a circle until their legs would shake and, and just talk about comedy, about life, about everything. And that's so special to me, especially in those upcoming years when you're just figuring out who you really are and what it is you do. Um, and even more especially for comedians, because it's one thing if you want to be you know, a lawyer or, or a mechanic or whatever, and you put all of those guys in a room and you ask them about their lives and they can give you honest answers. You know, I'm a lawyer. I studied to be a lawyer. I took the bar. I did this. I did. But comedy is such a weird gray area that when you put a bunch of comedians like that, a bunch of introspective comedians together and just listen to them talk, it, it's so unique and special. And I want to see more of it. Um, there's a, a, a video on YouTube that most people who enjoy comedy have seen. It's called Talking Funny. It's, it has Louis C.K., Ricky Gervais, Chris Rock, and Jerry Seinfeld. And they just talk about comedy for an hour, and it's great. And I want to see a lot more of it. And I think uh, going back to the the days at the Comedy Cellar, how special is it that Patrice was there? Patrice O'Neill, the, the guy who can talk your ear off about anything, about anything with life and comedy. And he can give you a thought that g give you 50 years, and you never would have thought the way he thought. And he just, he, he said it as if it, it was just... Uh, you know, he was just reading a recipe book. And he just said it like it was like off the top of his head. That was the genius of Patrice O'Neill. He had thoughts that nobody else had. And he just rattled them off. I went, I went on a bit of a tangent there. But what I'm trying to say is the documentary was really, really good. I recommend everybody watch it. And halfway through it, I was starting to wonder if they were going to show Opie and Anthony. Because it seemed like it wasn't going in that direction. They were talking about his, his uh, you know, him on Tough Crowd and him in the Comedy Cellar and in all of his specials, and they still weren't mentioning it. 
but then they have a, a pan up of the the building that they recorded in and you hear Opie and Anthony's voice and I just I form a big stupid smile on my face because I thought yeah, yeah they're finally they're talking about it okay great now we can tell Patrice's story the way it's supposed to be told because you can't tell the story of Patrice O'Neill without Opie and Anthony and this vice versa you can't tell Opie and Anthony's story without really talking about Patrice so I was very happy that they brought it up um I was curious as to why they interviewed Opie and not Anthony uh Jim Norton was there he was always going to be there I mean he was Patrice's best friend but it was weird to me not seeing Anthony there because to me especially after doing all the years of research and listening to them for so long Anthony seems like the more outspoken one who would love to talk about his friend and in the show whereas interviews with Opie are kind of rare especially things like that where he's talking about the show you know, you can find him on podcasts and stuff, and he loves to talk, but he doesn't usually do things like that. Especially because there was a, a a documentary made a few years ago. It was unfinished, and it was called Better Than You. And they had interviews from all of Patrice's friends, you know, uh, Jim Norton, Colin Quinn, and, and, all, and Bill Burr. And they interviewed Anthony, and he talked about Patrice's laugh. And I think those interviews have since been taken down off of YouTube. I really hope that one day they're put back up because I think they provided a lot of fun insight. But yeah, Anthony was interviewed then, but he wasn't available now. I'm sure there's a reason for it. I just thought it was kind of interesting. I will say, before I move on, the one thing about the documentary that I felt like they really should have talked about was um, his prison story when he was a kid. They mentioned there was an event that changed Patrice's outlook on racial tensions and politics and how he needs to live his life. But it didn't happen to him. It was just something on the news. And me watching that, I'm like, okay, that probably has something to do with how he felt. But don't forget that he went to prison for, uh, for a bogus charge when he was a kid. When he talked about that on Opie and Anthony and even on Mark Maron, I mean, like he, that's a really important part of his life. He says that it changed the way he thinks about everything. And I don't know, to not put that in the documentary, I guess because it would kind of paint the wrong picture of him. But that's such a huge part of what made Patrice Patrice. You know, it changed all of his jokes. It changed the way he thought about life. It's not even like they wanted to cut it down for length. The, the longer documentary on Comedy Central on the website is an hour and a half. And that's not really long. Like, there's there's a lot more you could add to it. So, I don't know. I'm sure, you know what, they probably thought about it. They probably have it written down. But someone at the end of the day probably said, let's go ahead and take that out. Guaranteed it was because they didn't want to paint the right, the wrong picture of him. But I was glad that they told his story right. And I was glad that they didn't paint him as a deity, as a saint. Because he wasn't. Uh, there was a, a one point a comedian says... There's probably going to be a lot of people on this documentary crying and saying how great and sweet he was, but I need to set the record straight. He was an asshole. And I really appreciate that because even if you are obsessed with the man, even if you love what he did and what he was, you have to admit that a lot of what he said was kind of insane. And not all of it was amazing. Not all of it was, you know, uh, uh, superb and some weird concept of free thinking and, and unbelievable thought, a lot of it was just wrong. And I like that the documentary shed some light on that. Go watch it. Go support the man. Love him. was very happy to see that. Um, and now I just want to gush about Patrice. Um, this has been a long time coming. I can talk about this man for hours. So I'm, if you'll allow me, I just want to gush. I want to talk about the first time I heard Patrice O'Neill because I remember it. So as I think I mentioned before that when I'm into something, when I find something that I really like, I need to find everything about it. I need to scour the internet to really learn about everything about this thing. Just as an example, right now I, I discovered Joe Pera and I am on a Joe Pera kick. I have binged his entire show. I am scouring YouTube for clips of Joe Pera. I cannot get enough of Joe Pera. When I was in high school, it was comedy. I, I loved 
comedy at a very young age. I think I, I got into the appropriate comedians at the appropriate ages. So when I was a kid, and by kid I mean in the single digits, I liked Jeff Dunham just because he, he was funny and he had a puppet, you know. And then I got into uh, I got into Dane Cook because he was popular at the time and, you know, it, it was just, it was that MySpace era of humor. And then I got into Louis C.K. And still to this day, I really enjoy Louis C.K.'s comedy. And I think uh, he was the first one that I started scouring the internet for. So I really tried to find anything I could with this man. And that led me to Opie and Anthony because I started listening to Louis C.K. interviews. And here's a clip of Louis C.K. on Conan. Here's a clip of him on The Tonight Show. And then I heard these radio interviews. And I didn't pay attention to the hosts I didn't care about. I just wanted to hear Louis talk about his show or talk about raising kids. And they were great interviews. And the more I listened to them, the more I started to realize, wait a minute, these are all the same show. And these two guys, Opie and Anthony, I see these names a lot, Opie and Anthony. And that was how I discovered Opie and Anthony, was through Louis C.K. So I just started, I started looking for any Opie and Anthony episode with Louis C.K. in it. And then I, uh, YouTube started recommending more to me. Uh, you know, Opie and Anthony's take on so-and-so. And I was like, oh, I know those guys. Those are the guys who interview Louis C.K. I, I, can, I can listen to these guys. And so I just started listening to them. And uh, it grew from there. I mean, here we are. I made a full podcast about it. The first time I heard Patrice, uh, Louis C.K. called into Opie and Anthony. And they were talking about music that they liked, but it was feminine. So Madonna or, or Lady Gaga... Um, and how Louis C.K. had a bunch of songs that he blasted in the car, like whatever that song, and I feel like I just got home, whatever that song is, and how they said they, they felt like sissies, but they didn't care because the songs were great. In fact, I, I think I remember Opie saying something like, not everything has to be a guitar riff. And then suddenly this huge booming voice came in and called them all gay. And I said, who the, who the fuck is that? Who, who is this? And it was Patrice. Fucking faggot. <laughs> you know fucking what that... faggot. <laughs> That's, I'm sorry. That's all I can uh, fucking say. This uh, is this inspirational, this horse shit. That was the first time I heard him. And to me, it, it, the reason I remember that and the reason it, it, it uh, had such a, an impact on me was because his voice, he didn't talk for an entire 10 minutes while Louis C.K. and Opie and Anthony just bantered. But then suddenly he comes in, and not only was he louder than everybody, but he sounded smarter than everybody, and he wouldn't shut up. And he, But it wasn't like he, didn't, he had no thoughts to, to say, and he just wanted to hear himself talk. He just wouldn't stop. And so I started looking for more of him. I was like, I, I looked in the comments, who was this guy? I saw Patrice O'Neill, so I looked up more. And that's how I found Patrice. And since then, I think I've confidently listened to every second that Patrice has been on Opie and Anthony. Um, ever since finding Patrice O'Neill, I mean, he means a lot to me. I, I said before that he's my favorite comedian, but I, I, I don't think that fully encapsulates what he is. Patrice O'Neill is my favorite entertainer. He's my favorite personality. Whenever I'm bored, whenever I, I'm working, whenever I need something to listen to, the first thing I'll type into YouTube is Patrice O'Neill. Nobody thought like he did. It, it was such a, a privilege that he chose to do what he chose to do. He could have been a construction worker. He could have been just the funny guy at the water cooler. But the fact that he chose comedy and going on these radio shows... It gave the world a privilege to be able to listen to what to how we thought, you know. Which how how cool is that? Especially for someone like Patrice, who doesn't think like anybody else. You know, I I think nowadays it's a lot easier to become famous and to get your voice out there, and so anybody can can have a voice. You know, Logan Paul is. We, we live in a world where Logan Paul is an actual personality with money and with millions of followers. And, and Logan Paul is just like any other typical douchebag. You know, like anybody can do that. Anybody can just 
can go on YouTube and shout, buy my merch. Is that even? No, that's Jake Paul. They both suck. But like anybody can can do what they did because they know how they're they're just smart at marketing it. But nobody, and I mean nobody, can do what Patrice did. Nobody is like Patrice. There, there's nobody who even comes close to Patrice O'Neill. That's how special he is. And anytime he talks about anything, I want to hear his opinion on everything in life, not just from politics, not just race, but anything. I want to hear his opinion on this TV show. I want to hear his opinion about this hardwood table. I want to hear him talk about Ikea. It's just so funny and so insightful because you know he's thought about it and you know whatever it's going to be, it's going to be funny, it's going to be insightful, and it's going to be something you've never heard of or never even considered. And then it's going to be something that you try to repeat at parties to make yourself sound smart, but you can never do it in the way Patrice does. Whatever he said, there's a lot to disagree with. And you may disagree with it, you may get offended, you may think that it's completely unethical and and wrong, and he shouldn't have said what he said, but you were always going to be interested. You never not listened. And that's what was special about him, is that he had the power to command and to make you listen to things that you might not be comfortable with. He, he would take you to these areas that made you feel uncomfortable, that made you, feel, that made you cringe, and he would make you laugh there and make you understand a different, a, a different point, you know? There's one episode on Opie and Anthony when he talks about how he doesn't think O.J. Simpson committed those murders. And it's uh, even Opie and Anthony are, are so staunchly against him. But it's so interesting to hear him talk about it because it's not a, a position that gets talked about a lot. And it's from Patrice of all people. So it's not like just someone on the street saying, ah, I kind of think he didn't do it because the glove didn't fit. Eh, what are you going to do? Like he, he explains on a profound level how he thinks about these things. No one plans to chop premeditated. If they had said that it was a crime of passion, I, I'll immediately say Juice did it. Uh-huh. But no one first degree plans to chop their wife up. Yes, they do. What? No, they absolutely Anthony, do. No one first degree plans yes, they to do. Re- almost remove a head in a in a in a brutal knifing. No one says, you know what? Here's my plan. All right, I'm gonna get together. I'm gonna put these gloves these gloves on. These shoes. I'm gonna sneak and then I'm gonna chop the bitch in half. Ah! Ah! They do things like poison or shoot her with a silencer or something. If you're gonna plan a murder, you don't plan a chop. He up. wanted it to look like it was a random murder on the street somewhere. And again, you might not agree with it, but it's so fascinating to hear someone like that talk about the taboo topics. He was a thinker. He wasn't just a comedian. He was an absolute thinker. And that's why it breaks my heart that he died when he did. Because even in the documentary they touch on this, he would have been one of the greats. He was one of the greats when he died, but he could have been a a legend he could have been like Dave Chappelle, where now Dave Chappelle is idolized, and I love Dave Chappelle. He deserves it, but Patrice was just something else. Patrice was a force. Just the fact that when he was alive, he was on Opie and Anthony as much as he was, and he did those specials and he did those TV shows, I think is a privilege to us that we get to hear it, but I think what he did to himself and his addiction of food was a disservice. I think he had to understand that he was born with a gift and that in order to capitalize on it, all he needed to do was just never stop talking and take care of himself. I mean, that, that's, and, and he, you know, we would have had more Patrice O'Neill. And I'm not even knocking the guy. I'm not shitting on him, you know, putting him down because other people agree with this. Even in the documentary, they they said that his one weakness was food, you know, and Patrice joked about it. He said that there's addictions like smoking. He has addiction to white chocolate covered pretzels and, and Oreos and stuff. And I just wish that even uh, the, the episode of Opie and Anthony, when they do the, the tribute to Patrice the day after he died, Louis C.K. came on and he said, I'm so mad at myself because I just wish I went to his house and said, come with me, you big fat fuck. Let's go take a walk. Just me and you, let's go take a walk. Let's, let's go take care of yourself and exercise. 
because that's what he needed because now now that he's gone it like we don't get to hear patrice anymore and it sucks not just for for him not just for his family but for the whole world he could have had such a bigger impact on the entire world with his unique voice we might we might have seen him just barely trying you know who knows who knows what would have happened if patrice turned 50 the things he could have said, the things he would have commented on. Patrice O'Neill helped me understand black culture. And that's weird for me to say because if you haven't guessed it, I am a, a white man. And I think a lot, of the, a lot of these movements and a lot of these protests have kind of helped white culture understand black culture and where they're coming from. There, there are certain things I will never, ever know. So I can't even pretend to understand what people of color are going through. But one thing that I think helps me is listening to Patrice because he never shied away from talking about it. And the way he put these things, he, you know, he would get mad at white people, but he didn't just leave it there. He, he explained what people of color are feeling. And that's so profound and, and great to hear. He, he did this one, I'm not even going to call it a bit. I mean, this is a, a serious thought that I think might be one of the, the greatest things that Patrice has ever said. So he was on Mark Marin, and Mark asked him, do you hate white people? He just said it. And Patrice put it this way. He said, um, and I'm going to butcher this, by the way, so I, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'll try not to do an impression of him. I'll try not to, to say exactly what he said, but I'll, I'll just paraphrase it. He said that in World War II, in the Holocaust, the, the terrible atrocities that happened to the Jewish people, he said, what, what came out of, after all of that ended, at least the Jewish people had a villain. They had that mustache, the Hitler mustache, that they could point to and say, that man is the enemy. It was all that man's fault. And that is our enemy now. So that, what that enables you to do is move on. Mm -hmm. Meaning, I, I don't have to hate every German. I don't have to be bogged down. White is is the only thing we got from slavery. We have a, a, a finished date, questionable start date, questionable amount of people that died, uh, questionable effect on our minds. Um, when we were freed, it was like, bye, nigger. Nice talking to you. Yeah. Okay. You've been living this way 400 years. Now we expect you to live uh, wonderfully now, and uh, what we did to you is not criminal. And the only thing left is your skin. So you have the skin color of the enemy. So every white person is Hitler's mustache, really. To my, to my gut, every white, all white skin is that. What a profound, unbelievable, different thought that is. You know, that's like when you see all these things on, on the news about growing racial tensions. And I mean, you can watch the news for years and hear all these differing opinions from these people in suits. But to, to get that level of insight, I mean, that's, that's, that's really special. And him saying things like that really helped me understand where things lie with racial tensions. There's a clip on Opie and Anthony when he fights with Nick DiPaolo. And it's playful, I mean, they're friends, but they, they have this banter about Nick DiPaolo saying, why are there so many black people in commercials now? It would just admit that it bothers you. I don't like interracial on a couples. gut level. Yeah, just admit That's it. Not what it the pro you. That doesn't even bother me. Who for Christ's sake. Who <laughs> jerk off to it. Who <laughs> the fuck? Patrice, you're so Take wrong about that, that man. Who the fuck notices this much shit about Patrice. commercials? We've paid you back 40-fold, motherfucker. We who? Italians? <laughs> yes. You got here two I'm days ago. I'm a white ago. European male. <laughs> you fucking helped put the lamp on the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the fuck you did for this yeah, country. You <laughs> fucking nothing. Thanks for spaghetti. Thanks yeah. for spaghetti. <laughs> so I, I think that more than a lot of things I have to thank Patrice on because uh, I don't even think he realized what he was doing. I think he was just talking. But hearing him get so serious about something like that really helped me understand it. Now I want to talk about my favorite bits on Opie and Anthony from Patrice O'Neill. The first one was, is about uh, the controversy about Tracy Morgan. 
And if you go on YouTube, there's a video, it's called Patrice O'Neill Speaks the Truth About Hollywood and More. It's an hour long. I implore everybody to go right now, turn this podcast off and listen to it. Everybody needs to understand what he was talking about. I listen to that episode probably once a month. Because... Again, just like everything else Patrice did, it was it's different. It's not just the same thought being parroted of just, oh, you know, everyone's so offended these days. It's like, yeah, okay, everyone says that. But Patrice O'Neill broke down Hollywood in such a way where you would never think about it. This business is the beast. Yeah. And it eats everybody and shits them out. But here's what's funny about the beast. It's a never-ending line of people who want to get in the mouth and get chewed up and shit out. Why is that? It's because you, when you get in the belly, yeah. you get $2 million a week. <laughs> and when you get shit out, you, you're a pile back there. And you have, the, you have the option to go get back in line and wait to go get back in the beast and get eaten and That's shit out. Fucker. Not only do I implore everybody to listen to it, but especially if you want to get into the entertainment industry, if you want to be an actor or a musician or a filmmaker, whatever you want to do. I think this is very important. This should be taught at film schools. I'm not even joking. Um, Patrice breaks down Hollywood as prison and gangs. How And you need to be associated with a gang if you want to be in this business because otherwise no one's looking out for you. He said, if you go to prison, you can't just be by yourself. You got to join something. Because someone will come up to you and say, hey, who are you associated with? And, um, you know, no one, I'm just doing my own thing. Oh, really? I'm going to rape you. Because you have no protection. And he said that it's the same thing in Hollywood. So all these people, Tracy Morgan, when he was, he was screaming about, you know, gay people and he was calling them derogatory names. And he was setting himself up to owe. And how, and he, Patrice said, how do you make somebody owe something? You give them something. That's how. He said, in this business, everybody gets permission. You need to get permission to do things. But one thing that I always go back to is that he was talking about how comedians or, or even entertainers, anybody, he said there, there are people who are, the, way, the reason they're so famous today is because they behave, is because they know the system and they follow it. They behave, they follow, the, they play the game. And he said a perfect example is Will Smith. Patrice O'Neill said, Will Smith has been famous for 25 years. And that was back when he recorded this. It's 2021 now. It's even longer. Will Smith, Will Smith has been famous for over 30 years straight. And then Opie retorted and he said, you know, he said an argument to that would be that Will Smith is just naturally that talented. And Patrice O'Neill said, nobody's that talented. He said, Will Smith behaves. And I thought that's, that's such an interesting thought. It's so interesting. And I feel like everybody should know and understand what he was talking about before you get into the entertainment industry, before you get into any industry like that. And I think Patrice was brave for speaking out about it. Nobody got balls to stand up to Mel Gibson, Braveheart, fucking Passion of the Christ, all the fucking Lethal Weapon movies, all the fucking Mad Max movies. You think fucking Zach Galifianakis on his own <laughs> said, fuck Mel Gibson? He got permission! You're that's right. this business yeah. Jesus Christ that's this business another bit on Opie and Anthony that I like is when Dr. Z was on Dr. Z was uh, I don't even know how to classify her I think she was a porn star but I also think she was a, a doctor by her name I think she had some kind of PhD or something she wrote a book for lonely guys about how to get women to sleep with you and Patrice O'Neill tested her for two and a half hours saying how that book doesn't make sense to me. He said that that's like a fish writing a book for fishermen about how to catch me. And Dr. Z for the first 30 minutes, she was just going with it because she thought it was funny jokes. And she was saying, you know, she just kept throwing softballs at him. Like, well, you know, that it's an interesting thought, but what do you think about this? And Patrice constantly knocked him out of the park. Just like everybody, Dr. Z underestimated how smart Patrice really was. He wasn't just a giant funny man. He was a thinker, and he could beat you to submission with his intelligence. And after 30 minutes, Dr. Z starts raising her voice and really getting into it. 
and like going toe to toe with this guy and not and Patrice wasn't intimidated. He was loving it. He kept he was screaming. He was like, there's the real Dr. Z. There was, he, he goes, look at her taking angry sips of water. It's great. He just loved it. It's, be a lot know, happier. It, it bothers me. How little women bring to the table and how many demands you have. I don't think we have a lot of demands. You know what? How many demands do we have? I don't know. Let's read chapter six. I think guys have way more demands. Hey, we have to look beautiful. We have to look young. We have to wear lingerie for you. We have to be thin. How many demands do you have? Fair enough. You know what that boils down to? One, one thing. Object. Just be an object. Because again, like the both of them were raising interesting points, but the point of it wasn't that Patrice was right. It was just that he wouldn't stop, and that every thought he had was a new, intelligent, creative thought that he had. Not that he read in a book somewhere, not that he watched in a movie, but that he thought of. I mean, no one else but Patrice could think the things he thought. Another thing that I like to listen to is when he tells his story about prison. That's why I was upset that it wasn't on the documentary, but... I pretty much knew about it anyway, so... But what was interesting is that he phrases that story on Opie and Anthony not as a joke, but he makes sure to make them laugh every 60 seconds if you really pay attention. And then he told that same story on Mark Marin, and it's a really sad story. And in, when he's telling it on Marin, he's really serious. It was interesting to hear that kind of dichotomy that he had. And I mean, that's, that's such an interesting story. It's a world I know nothing about. But we admitted, yeah, we fucked him. Yeah. But it's 16, 15. And that's statutory. That was statutory. That's it. That's it. So, I did time. How long did you do? You did time? How long? Two months. Two months. Me and one of my boys. Holy shit, you went to big boy prison? Big boy. And my boy went crazy. Get the fuck. He lost his mind because he was so scared of getting raped. That he didn't, he stopped washing up, he didn't take showers, and they started to throw piss on him, he started to beat him up. And Patrice talked openly and honestly about it. And he told all these stories that it seems like it's from a movie, that there's these, these, uh, these prisoners who were named after southern states, like South Carolina was Carolina, or, 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 you know, Nebraska or whatever. And I remember Opie said something like, I'm just sitting back and listening like I've never listened before. And then Anthony said, this is the first time in my radio career that the screensavers come up on my computer because I'm just not paying attention to anything else but this story. And that was the power of Patrice O'Neill was that he had that horrible thing happen to him and he transformed it into the, a, a crazy story with twists and turns and acts and, and drama and tension that you... Stop everything you're doing. You turn off the faucet so you can hear every single word of what he's saying because you want to hear it. I mean, that story that he tells about his time in prison, that 30 minutes is better than most crime dramas I've seen on Netflix. You know, every month there's a new documentary that tries to bring to life some some new uh, murder case from the 70s or something. And Patrice just being himself, just talking managed to tell a more interesting story than that, than these millions of dollars thrown at Netflix. If that prison story happened to anybody else, they would not be able to tell it as well as Patrice told it. He took it and transformed it into something profound. And that's awesome. Another bit that I like from Obi and Anthony is the United Areas of America. This was just, this to me is Patrice at his best. He starts talking about how, how there's civic pride and how he just hates it. So he, he, he's like, why are people so proud of being from Minnesota? Minnesota sucks. And then someone hands him a map of the United States and he says, we can take the 50 states and turn them into six and call it the United Areas of America. So New York swallows Connecticut and Pennsylvania and Maine, Rhode Island, all this shit, and just becomes New York land. And then Texas swallows up the entire bottom half of the country. And it, it's so much fun to listen to. And every, it, it, you, you start to feel, when you listen to it, you start to feel like everybody in the room are like children. 
asking him to keep going. It's like, well, what, Patrice, what about Alaska? Patrice, what do you have to say about California? And they just keep adding to it. And Patrice just keeps topping himself. And everything he says is funnier than the last thing. And of course, he's not serious about it. He doesn't really think that the country should be divided like this. But it's such a fun, interesting thought that could that could have been a bit. It, like that that bit in and of itself, It's I think it's no longer than 20 minutes. That could have been a, a Comedy Central episode. Like if people threw funding at him, he could have just made that into a... a you know, an episode or a special or something. And that was just him bullshitting. That's like him talking to himself in the shower. And my favorite part about it was uh, he said something like, we need to make all the highways 50 lanes and just have a big 180 that runs through the entire country. And then Opie said something like, well, what do you do? Like, how do you build these highways? We need slaves. We need people. Where are we going to get the slaves? You had to have me think for a minute. Right, you, out, of, yeah. out of the new state of Portlandville. Right. You're right. Who's the weakest state? Who would you say is the oh, weakest link state? I'm, I'm saying right away, Idaho. Bam, they the slaves. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we get all our slaves from Idaho. <laughs> the threesome story. When Patrice O'Neill tells a story about when him and his girlfriend found this woman who was willing to have a threesome, and then he tells the the story about getting her, about convincing her to do it. He tells the buildup before the sex. And then he goes into graphic, unnecessary detail about every action they did during this threesome. I got my hand around it, though, and, and then I spin her face, and she just made that, uh, that animal sound. And then she pulled my girl in and asked her, could she spin her face, too? So me and my girl are just spinning in this girl's face. Holy Fuck. So how would you even know that doesn't just fuck everything up? Like you go, yeah, what the, what the fuck did you, what you do <laughs> is you get her spitting some kind of way. If she's sucking your dick and you like, you just go, oh, just come on, baby, spit on it. And once she tui, she spit has been introduced to the, <laughs> to the game. To the game, spit is there. That's one of the things I love about Patrice is that he can come up. He he thinks of words like tui, and he finds the comedy in them, and it's it's just it it's it's hilarious. Another bit I like on on Opie and Anthony was when the day after Obama was elected. Um, it's no secret Anthony didn't like Obama. Um, and he was very, very upset when he was elected. He said he feels like his rights are not being taken care of anymore now that a black man is president. Um, and Patrice O'Neill called into the show. And as a joke, I mean, him and Anthony were friends. He consoled Anthony. He was like, I'm just calling in to, uh, to console my friend on this disappointment. I am not arguing his politics. Right. I'll lose no. every time. I, I want to see the black president. I just right. made it simple. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know about his politics and his and his and his homeless aunt and the fact that he hangs out with terrorists. I don't know. I want to see the black. You want to see the black president. president? I'm just being honest. And you don't want to see the black president. At least you're being honest. Being about honest. That. And he provided new insight. He didn't just say, "Yeah, Obama's going to change everything and he's going to make things right." He explained why it was such a huge deal. And it's also interesting because it's a time capsule into that time. Uh, there was one time on Opie and Anthony where Patrice was talking about women, which, you know, it's par for the course. And Opie starts telling a story about when him and his girlfriend were watching some competition show, like America's Next Top Model or whatever. And Opie's girlfriend said, which one do you like best? And Opie said, uh, I kind of like the blonde one. And then Opie's girlfriend said, why do you say that? And Opie was talking about that on the show. And he said, yeah, the, you know, the women, they just ans they ask you the unanswerable questions. And I don't know what to do. You know, they just, they trap you. And then like 10 minutes go by and Patrice hasn't said anything. And a caller calls in and says, he goes, I just want to say that Opie is a, a whipped pussy for not answering his girlfriend's question. And Patrice goes, thank you, sir. And for the next 10 minutes, Patrice rips into Opie about why he should have answered that question. Because he, he said, if, if by not answering that question, it gave her power. That was a favorite of mine, too, is whenever Patrice would shit on the guys for what they did with their girlfriends. Even if he was completely wrong and stupid, 
Like he, I think he ripped Jim Norton once because he he didn't want to have a threesome. It's like, yeah, of, of course he doesn't want to have. He has a girlfriend. Of course he doesn't want to have a threesome. But Patrice tested him for two hours, meaning that that's that makes him less of a man. Another bit that I really like on Opie and Anthony is when he's talking about sports. He starts with this this riff about how golf is not a sport because someone called Tiger Woods the greatest athlete who ever lived. So he took that and he said golf is not a sport because golf doesn't have opposing forces. So if you were while you were teeing off, if there was somebody running and charging at you from across the field and his goal was to knock you to the floor before you hit that ball, he said then it's a sport. He said ping pong is more of a sport than golf because there's opposing forces. And that led him to just rattle off what he thinks are not sports. So swimming, uh, NASCAR, track and field. And callers started calling in, getting pissed. They said, my, my son is a swimmer and he's the top of his game. Swim, you know, you're swimming against currents and all this shit. Patrice goes, I will never beat your son in the pool. But that little sissy is not an athlete and that is not a sport. And I listen to that one all the time just because, again, it's Patrice being Patrice. It's just him being naturally funny. And the last thing I want to talk about is anything that he had to say on movies on Opie and Anthony was amazing. I mean, it was such a, a, an amazing insight into these films. There's, I think there's like a 12-hour compilation on YouTube of Patrice talking about movies on Opie and Anthony. And I've listened to it at least a dozen times. Not, what's interesting is that he talks about a lot of uh, movies from the past. I mean, he's seen almost every movie. He just he watched movies all the time, so he has this complete working knowledge of every stupid movie. But not only that, what was interesting was that we got to hear his gut reaction to movies that came out at the time. So when King Kong, when the, the Peter Jackson remake came out in 2005, we actually heard what he had to say about it fresh. Like now when we talk about it, we talk about it as something that happened in the past. We say, oh yeah, the original King Kong, and then the new one in 2005, that's Peter Jackson. Oh yeah, three hours long, kind of long. Ah, what are you going to do? And that's kind of where the conversation ends, but Patrice reacted to it as it came out because it was a big deal when it came out. Like Bob Kelly came on when Kick-Ass was coming out, and Bob Kelly was really excited about it, and Patrice just shut him down and said that movie is going to make $8.600 at the box office. No one's going to see it. And there were things like that where he's, he said, uh, you know, he, he said Alfred Hitchcock was overrated. He said the original Batman with Michael Keaton w was shitty. He, uh, he said all the, the spaghetti westerns with Clint Eastwood are all the same. But again, he wasn't trying to offend anybody. He just, that's just how he felt. And it's so refreshing, especially on the internet, to hear someone like that talk that way about these movies because there's this push on the internet to make everybody feel the exact same way about every movie ever. 12 Angry Men, The Empire Strikes Back, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, uh, Whiplash, Blade Runner, all these movies are movies that are, if you say you dislike them on the internet, that is heresy. You cannot say that. And then there's movies that everybody universally dislikes. You know, uh, Suicide Squad or, or Catwoman or any of these bad movies. And it's so refreshing to hear Patrice O'Neill not give in to that. So you know, he wasn't afraid of saying that he liked Face Off. He didn't bow down to the hive mind of the internet. He just expressed his genuine opinion about movies and about everything. And that is why I love Patrice O'Neill. That is why he is my favorite comedian, entertainer, personality that has ever lived. The last thing I want to say about Patrice O'Neill was if he was alive today, what he would have thought. A lot of people like to talk about that um, among his friends and among people in the comments on the Opie and Anthony videos on YouTube. And I mean, really, nobody knows. Nobody knows what he would have thought. I can tell you one thing. It would have been very interesting to hear what he thought about all of this. He was going the route of Louis C.K., meaning that Louis C.K. was the comics comic before 2010. I mean, everybody who was a comedian really admired and looked up to Louis. Um, but he wasn't a household name yet. By the time 2010 came with his show and with all of his stand-up specials, with Oh My God coming out, he rose to a new level of fame. 
And I feel like Patrice O'Neill was getting to that point. And it's hard to say if he would have been canceled for the things he said because he was so unapologetically into what he said. He never bowed down to anybody. I don't think anybody really knew what Patrice was going to say. And that's what made him so unique, is that you, you could have this idea that you were so excited to hear Patrice talk about, like, you know, raising kids or watching this movie or, or buying this new pair of shoes. And you were so excited to hear what Patrice had to say about it because you knew it was going to be different and funny and entertaining. So to the people who say Patrice would have been this, Patrice would have been that, we don't know. But uh, I just, I really want to say that I think it's, uh, it's so special that Patrice O'Neill found Opie and Anthony. Thank you to Rich Voss for bringing him on that time. You know, it's one thing to be a, a thinker and to be, a, to be so into philosophy as he was. It's another thing to have your thoughts broadcasted to the entire world, unedited. You know, it's, it's one thing to be a, a thinker and write a book. And here's all of my concise thoughts that I've really, I've thought about and I've analyzed and I've, I've structured it into this thing that now you can read my perfected opinion. It's another thing for someone to just go on the radio and bullshit for hours and hours. And now we have days, weeks, months, and years of content from Patrice just talking, just talking about whatever was on his mind. How cool is that? The best thing to come out of Patrice, in my opinion, was his time on Opie and Anthony because it gave the world a chance to see just who this man really was. There, there could have been a world where Patrice never found Opie and Anthony and we would have never had all of these wonderful insights that he had. So I just want to say, rest in peace, Patrice O'Neill. I'm really upset that he's gone. I really wish more people knew about him. I wish he was still alive, making jokes, making great observations. Patrice O'Neill, we love you and we miss you. So thank you for listening. This was fun. Uh, let me know if this worked. I'm sorry if I was a little scatterbrained or kind of mumbly, but you know, this is a new format I'm trying out. So just let me know how it is. If you want to hear more, then let me know and I, I can do more. You know, I'm always happy to get in front of a microphone and talk about Opie and Anthony and Patrice and Jim Norton and the things that I'm really into and the things that I love. Let me know what other things I should talk about. What other things you want to see me talk about. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, I hope you subscribe or follow or, or whatever the, the button is. And again, just uh, thank you for listening. Long live Patrice. This is Matt Provenzano punching out. Shock Jocks was created by me, Matt Provenzano. The music you are hearing was made by Brad Fry. The first part of the theme song is Gang With No Name by Tex-Mex from Director's Cuts. It can be found on ExtremeMusic.com. The second part of the theme song is Don't Stand Alone by Set It Free under Gas Can Music. The album artwork was created by Nick Balsamo. Thanks for listening.